Hello everyone, thanks for tuning in. You are listening again to Captain Roy's Rusty Rocket Radio Show, the UK Geek Science Fiction, Fantasy and Horror Podcast, episode 461 on Sunday the 30th of October 2022 at 23.33.46. Ah, yes, we are back again. So quickly, well, I'm trying to make up for missed shows. In the pre-show section, let us start with Diwali. It was Diwali last Monday, and we did the usual Diwali things, like preventing my father from setting fire to himself or the house, making and eating too many Indian cakes, bickering like goblins, and regarding our neighbours' lights, fireworks, and friends with jealousy. Miraculously, all family hatchets were buried, and we wished each other a happy Diwali before retiring to our respective chambers. (laughs) This place really does sound like Castle Royenstein. Royenstein? And thus... I declare a happy Diwali to one and all, especially you... The listener. Next on the celebratory agenda, of course, is tomorrow and Halloween and pumpkin pies and then Christmas. <laughs> it all seems to be flying by. What a faff, what a fiasco, what a fafasco. Yes, I have invented a new word to describe how I felt with the current technical issues. Money has now been spent, equipment is trickling in, but in the meantime I'm still recording on a recorder, rather than straight to my PC. In short, I was beset by numerous technical problems. My headphones broke, my new old PC's analogue sound output is low quality, before I was spoilt by excellent sound on an old Beats netbook and my Mac Mini. Now that I have entered the world of box-standard PCs, things are not quite as rosy. Lots of quids later, stuff is arriving at Castle Royenstein, and we should soon be back on track. Hopefully. Maybe. And if not, there is this recorder. As I said very briefly yesterday, my health has been interesting to say the least. I have gone a bit toretic. <laughs> oh, look, I'm a fan of that giallo exploitation movie, Diabolic. That is how I came up with that. So that's toretic with a K. My ticks have been spiking nicely lately. I have been feeling the pain of underlying arthritis as well, which, as I may have mentioned before, I anthropomorphise as an elderly knight in rusting armour who I call Sir Arthur-itis. And that is because of my slight dyslexic mistranslation of arthritis until my twenties. Yes, I was saying it wrong until then. And loads of other words, too. And that continues to this day, as you'll probably find out a little later. 
And by the way, Sir Arthur Itis has a horse, and that horse is Sir Clanky. And that is also the name of my bicycle. So the horse is a bicycle. Never mind. It's a whole elaborate thing. I also managed to catch a couple of colds. I cannot imagine how that is even slightly possible, given my COVID-induced germophobic paranoia. But thank the gods of Balsagoth, I was boosted for COVID last Tuesday and for flu last Wednesday. But I'm also now paying for that with rather nasty reactions. Which is why I've been feeling feverish and achy and just feeling my age. If my mother or father heard me say that, they would be splitting their sides with laughter. They seem to deal with age a lot better than I do. Still, a vax reaction is better than death. (laughs) Well, quite a lot of things are better than death. And just to finish off this fascinating health update, like buses, the past few weeks were also heavily peppered with more migraines after the last bout. By the time you're reading or listening to this, I'll have had some more, and I have indeed had some more. Which makes you think, why am I such a moaning mini? Well, look, I don't want to be. I still want to be happy. The world isn't great right now, and neither am I. But I have been trying. Hence, all those recent deletions on Twitter, and redacting tons from my show notes, because this show, I keep telling myself, is a refuge from woes. It's not a place to air them. (laughs) Oh, I keep thinking of Seinfeld, the airing of grievances during the great feast of Festivus. What, you thought those earlier moans were rough, and maybe I'm contradicting myself by saying I'm removing a lot of stuff from show notes? Listen, you have no idea how much stuff, mainly political, got dumped from the show notes that I'm reading through now. I have been killing my darlings quite ruthlessly. Let's talk about the content of this pod, and then we'll actually do the show. This pod is about to get more specificity, because I am also jettisoning the technology section from the pod. It is tough covering science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Those are three different, though related, genres, but I cover all of them in all formats, to varying lack of degrees of success. So, the kitchen sink approach I adopted since the beginning of this podcast, more than ten years ago now, is out. I'm no longer covering technology. I'm still a person who likes tech, but this is not a tech podcast. You may hear little bits seeping in, here and there, because that is me. I was a techie for 16 years. It just doesn't get flushed away, but I was also an archaeologist for a while, and a journalist, so it's not the only things that I'm into. 
But yeah, you're going to hear less of that, and I'm removing the official section from the podcast. There is also a creative section that I used to have in the podcast as an official section. I'm also dropping that, but because I do write fantastic fiction, if I do say so myself, well, you know what I mean. I write fiction of the fantastic type. That is relevant to that pod, so if there is an update on anything I do in relation to science fiction, fantasy, and horror, you'll hear about it here. And that is it for the pre-show section. It has been a long pre-show section. I haven't even told you what this episode is primarily about. It is about the last Jodie Whittaker special, The Power of the Doctor. Yes, I'm finally getting down to doing that. I've been scooped by all the other podcasts. I don't care. That's not important. I want to talk about it, and I will talk about it when I get through some other items. So let's do the other items, and then we'll get straight into, or rather, in a roundabout way, we will get to the power of the Doctor. Let me first tell you about a new English library, Herbert Hall. I'll explain. As you know, I am in the process of rebuilding my library, that was sadly lost during the move back from Vancouver, and just moving around the world, who can afford to ship all this stuff around, and a lot of stuff got lost in the moves. A lot of stuff that I deeply regret letting go of as well. Some of it, not because it's particularly valuable, but because it's sentimental. But Ex Libris Roy will be restored, because on Saturday... Which Saturday? Not this Saturday just passed, but last Saturday, I went into a local charity shop and bought a big stack of Herbert Sherbert I'd spotted the afternoon before. I didn't buy it the afternoon before because I thought, "Eh, do I really need these? And then I had second thoughts, went back in, and I bought everything. Despite a depressingly familiar shopping while brown shopping while black incident. I did not throw a wobbly, which the occurrence morally merited, but instead bought James Herbert's The Fog, Fluke, The Spear, The Dark, Shrine, Creed, Portent, and The Ghosts of Sleeth, and Frank Herbert's Dune Messiah. When I was finished, the shop was Herbertless, Herbert, 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 I'm sorry, I, every time, it's, ah, Herbert, you know, Star Trek, The Way to Eden, (laughs) Herbert, oh, I'm sorry, carry on, I'm going off on a tangent, and ah, the treasures of my mostly NEL, New English Library, Hall. Apparently, New English Library was formed in 1961 when Times Mirror Los Angeles bought the UK's Ace and also Foursquare, two small publishing companies, before later becoming an imprint of Hodder Headline. Actually, I could talk a bit about Hodder, because it is relevant to science fiction, but that will come later in a future podcast. 
back to NEL, as well as serving up Harold Robbins' pervy pulp and James Moffat's cult crud, the NEL line included authors like the Herberts, though the aforementioned Dune Messiah was a later print from Penguin Random House. I'm not going to go into the big publishers at the moment. The line also included authors like Brian Aldiss, Robert A. Heinlein, Michael Moorcock, and Christopher Priest, and many others. All are authors whose work has featured in this podcast in the past, and will no doubt also feature in the future. So yeah, I have a nice stack of books, some of which I've already read, some of which are duplicates of books I already have, but most aren't books that I have in my collection. I've also bought a few books online recently, a couple of Blake Sevens, and I bought a paperback copy of The Omega Factor. All these will come in handy in coming episodes, because if you've noticed the podcast description, I've said that the second pod, which is currently concentrating on Vintage Doctor Who, will also feature other cult vintage British media. Okay, that is it for my boasting about my New English Library Herbert Hall. Let's move on to The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. Yes, the season finale has happened. I am a little sad, and I don't quite understand why the as-yet-unnamed Istari couldn't save the half-foot chap Sadok Burroughs played by Lenny Henry. He is, after all, a Tolkien wizard. He is semi-divine. He has the power to fix and to destroy, as we've already seen. That was a bit annoying. Maybe Lenny Henry only agreed to one season, though. Maybe it's not something that... The creators wanted, maybe it was the only way they could get Lenny Henry on the show, because they said, look, I'm only going to do one season, who knows, who knows. Also, now that we know that the unnamed wizard who crashed to Earth like a flaming star isn't Sauron, I hope he isn't the oh-so-predictable Gandalf. Let's see some free will in action as well as nurture versus nature. That is, maybe here's Saruman, who was once good. Although I don't really know the timeline. I'm not enough of a Tolkien scholar. I'm more of a fan, so I don't know when Saruman came down to Middle-earth. I also want to take the opportunity to congratulate Puerto Rican actor Ismael Cruz Cordova, that's an incredibly posh-sounding name, who plays Arondir for having a very elfin face, even without the ears. Frankly, I think he's the most elf-like actor on the show. I've mentioned this to my mother, 
who is also watching the show. It's the only show we watch together, actually. And, yeah, we both think the guy looks like an elf. Facially, that is. His build is large, but, you know, token elves, they're not all thin and slender. They're actually quite tall and powerful. So, yeah, that's interesting. Getting an actor who you don't really have to make up that much. He's certainly a lot more elf-like than the guy they got to play the first orc, because orcs are evil elves. But yeah, Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, the first season has finished. I've watched it all, I've enjoyed it. I am very curious to see what happens with the wizard and his half-foot companion. Because they're going off somewhere. Aren't they going off to the east? Or is it the west? Oh no, they're going off on some journey. Let's move on to Andor. There was very little action in episode 7 or 8, but it was absolutely lovely seeing parts of the Star Wars universe we hardly ever see. I'm honestly not being sarcastic when I'm saying that. I think that Coruscant looks like a slightly less crappy CGI Croydon. <laughs> Niamo's beach resort looked like a brutalist beach slapped down in Namibia, but is actually Cleverly's in Lancashire, which makes more sense because brutalism. That kind of architecture really started in the UK. Who's that Hungarian architect chap who started the whole trend and Trellic Towers and... Sorry, digressing. I'm also guessing, only half facetiously, that the hellish prison manufactory is modelled after a Tesla gigafactory plonked in the middle of the sea. Whatever the case... Wherever the design ideas and the art direction came from, whatever that source, well done Location Scouts for finding really interesting and unique places to film. Very impressive. And now, finally, 24 minutes and 14 seconds in, I'm ready to talk about what we're all here for, Doctor Who, The Power of the Doctor. And my mouth is so dry right now that I need to hit pause for a moment and then continue. Ah, 7up. Imbibed. Refreshed. And no, they are not a sponsor. Buggers. Okay. The Power of the Doctor is Chris Chibnall's and Jodie Whittaker's last story. Written by Chibnall. This is the third and final 2022 Jodie Whittaker special. It was broadcast last Sunday, and I watched it on Monday. After the story, Shuti Gatwa will take over as the Doctor sometime next year. And yes, I am now pronouncing his name correctly. Teaser footage from his debut has already been released. I think, and I also have absolutely no intention of watching it or any other teasers, trailers, 
behind-the-scenes looks, and blah blah whatever, I want my excitement to be completely, or as much as possible, unadulterated. 150,000 proof. In The Power of the Doctor, the Doctor, Yaz and Dan drive off a Cybermaster heist on a space train, though the Cybermasters get away with their prize, which is what appears to be a young child. Afterwards, Dan leaves, fearing that one of these adventures will be his last, because he almost dies during that rescue, and also because he wants to live his own life. A renegade Dalek offers the Doctor information as well, and Kate Stewart's unit, now including Ace and Tegan, tell the Doctor that famous paintings have had the Master's face added to them, and some seismologists have gone missing. The Doctor confronts the Master and learns that his Cybermasters, together with the Daleks, are using a Quarunx, a sentient energy species, the child captured earlier on the train, to burn the Earth using volcanoes. The renegade Dalek turns out to be an unwitting trap, and the Doctor is captured. The Master is also captured by Unit, but had previously sent a shrunk Cyberman to Tegan, who thought it was a present from the Doctor. A really weird present. The little doll-sized Cyberman regrows, opens up, and becomes a doorway for lots of Cybermen, who exit attack unit and rescue the Master. Meanwhile, the Daleks take the Doctor back to 1916, where the Master has assumed the role of Rasputin. His innate hypnotic power holds sway over Tsar Nicholas II. He performs a forced regeneration on the Doctor, and she regenerates into him. During this time, the Doctor's consciousness meets previous incarnations in a sort of imaginary wasteland. They tell her that, with help, she could reverse the forced regeneration. The Doctor had previously created an AI-driven holographic projection of her several previous incarnations. That projection helps Ace find Graham and destroy the volcano device, and helps Tegan to destroy the cyber converter at unit before Kate can be made into one of them. Those projections present themselves as those companions' own doctors, so Ace sees the Sylvester McCoy doctor. Yaz and Vinda capture the Master, and the forced regeneration is reversed. In other words, he is forced to undo that regeneration. Would that be a degeneration? Ah, I digress. Later, as the Doctor is about to leave in her TARDIS, 
after having freed Kurunx, the master diverts its energy beams and injures her severely enough to start her regeneration. The Doctor takes Yaz to Earth, where she joins a support group of companions, consisting of Graham, Dan, Ace, Tegan, Ian, Joe and Mel. Kate is there too, to recruit ex-companions for Unit. The big reveal at the end is, when the Doctor is alone, she regenerates back into the Tenth Incarnation. Okay, that's what happens. Let me tell you what I thought. Let's start with this, and let's get it right out of the way. The Master, rah rah Rasputining, to Boniam's disco hit Rasputin, the mad science, the flashing lights, all that stuff. Oh yes. Did you write that just for me, Chris Chibnall? Did you? Probably he didn't, but it certainly felt like it. Disco and arch villainy is a match made in Groove Heaven. I think such a Dewan could have gone more camp, but I loved the scene almost as much as Eddie Izzard's Tony Pompadour and Jeffrey Rush's Casanova Frankenstein scene from Mystery Men. So good. Talking of style, I never warmed to Jodie Whittaker's Mork and Mindy kid-friendly outfit, but I've always liked her hair, it's just so different to how she looked in... Oh man, what was that film that probably got her the role of the Doctor? Oh, the... Oh, what the hell is it? Sorry, I've got to pause for a moment. Oh, I didn't even have to look it up. It was just nerves that got the better of me. Attack the Block. Yeah, she had long dark hair in that, and then this she's got sort of stylish blonde hair. That's pretty cool different. And she also has that predilection for wearing welding goggles, which as a techie geek is something that appeals to me. And while we're on the subject of style that I liked during her tenure as the Doctor, I really like the ominous throbbing variation of the Doctor Who theme music which never failed to impress me. It's one of the better themes. Next. Lawbreaker. L-O-R-E. Breaker. The Master's Shrink Gun works both ways. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Weren't we told in Old Who that it kills its victims? Well, yeah. Okay, look. I'll let it go. <laughs> But that does open the door for more plot, because he shrunk so many people in the past. Maybe he's got this toy box full of them, and he can deploy them at his pleasure. We'll see. The Doctor's hologram idea was obviously stolen right out of Star Trek Voyager's emergency medical hologram. Forced regeneration? Okay. I've never heard of that for a start, but this is Doctor Who, and writers can be imaginative, and that's okay. But what exactly did the forced regeneration achieve? 
It was the usual supervillain mistake of an over-elaborate, overly clever plan and savouring the moment of your enemy's destruction instead of the more prudent kill-first-party-later method. Come on, master, what are you doing? <laughs> but he was always like that, wasn't he? Or she. Always too full of themselves, too keen to show how clever they are. And that has always been... The Master's Undoing. Ah, next. All those faces from both Old and New Who. We had the Doctors, the First Doctor, David Bradley standing in for William Hartnell, the Fifth, Peter Davison, the Sixth, Colin Baker, the Seventh, Sylvester McCoy, the Eighth, Paul McGann, the Tenth, David Tennant, and The Fugitive Doctor, played by Joe Martin, one of my actual favourite Doctors. Then there were the companions, Yaz, Graham, Dan, Ace, Tegan, Ian! Ian! Unbelievable! Ian! Joe! And Mel! <laughs> Even Mel! Damn it, man, if they had got Leela, then they would have had two of my favourites. And those are Ace and Leela. I particularly appreciated Ace donning the iconic flight jacket, jumping off a building, whacking and exploding Daleks with her baseball bat, and souped up Nitro 9. Yes, she's never stopped working on Nitro 9. It's even more dangerous than it was before. Again, like that disco scene that I just talked about and Boney M, this adventure made it feel like it had been written just for me, an Old Who podcaster. Not only because of Old Who, but, you know, disco and ace and things that go bang. It was great. There was so much fan service, but I don't feel bad about that. It was not at all a detriment to the story, and I went into total nerd overload. As you can hear, I'm exciting just reliving it. This is a kind of episode, had it not been for the pandemic, I would have just loved to watch as part of a large audience of fellow Whovians, and we'd all be grinning ear to ear as if in the midst of a simultaneous seizure, or, judging by people staring at me at Eastercon years ago, that might just be me. <laughs> I remember a similar thing happened in Star Trek Into Darkness. Oh, I just wasn't dressed as a nerd, but man, I think that's the shocking thing. When you're dressed just casually, you don't have any of the signifiers of nerddom on you, like a t-shirt or fancy dress or something, people aren't quite sure what to expect because you're not dressed as one of the tribe. <laughs> but when it turns out you're actually even more nerdy, it's even more disturbing. I suppose it's the shock value. Back to The Power of the Doctor. In conclusion, it was spectacular. There was so much going on. There was non-stop action. There were beloved characters from the past. It was great. This has great rewatch value 
as well, so of course I'm going to watch this one again. Ah, oh, it was good. It was a good show. And that, my friends, is it. That is it for tonight. It is late. I'm very tired. I am still a little sick. And I am planning to do another podcast tomorrow. So I'd better get to sleep. I can't promise that podcast will happen tomorrow, but fingers crossed it will. If it does, I'll speak to you tomorrow. If it doesn't, happy Halloween anyway. Have a really great Halloween. I noticed that Poltergeist is on iPlayer. My mother, who has never seen that brilliant film before, watched it the other day on my recommendation. She likes it. If by some incredible miracle you have not seen Poltergeist, produced by Steven Spielberg and directed by Tobe Hooper, go and watch it. It is brilliant. I also recall on iPlayer, the first Halloween movie is also on there. Again, brilliant. Talking of that, I have just seen the latest Halloween film, and that will come up in the next episode of this podcast. And that's it. My back is killing me, so I really have to go, and my mouth is drying up rapidly. The show is produced, presented, and edited by me, Roy Matur, a writer. Matur is spelled M-A-T-H-U-R. You can find more about me or get in touch at RoyMatur.com. If you want to help, please review and rate the show on whatever platform you listen. Recommend it to a friend or mortal enemy, or click on the contact or support link on the website. Thanks for tuning in, my friends. My fellow nerdlings and Hoovians, you are listening to Captain Roy's Rusty Rocket Radio Show, the UK geek science fiction, fantasy and horror podcast. This was episode 461, recorded on Sunday the 30th of October 2022, and ending on Monday the 31st of October 2022. Happy Halloween! At 002228. Thanks for listening, and bye bye for now. Bye!